Hi there, my name is Adam Waters, and I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Bible Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. I'm just so glad that you made the decision to take us along with you this week on life's journey. Here at Grace Bible Church, we are a family of faith who seeks forgiveness, healing, and hope in Jesus Christ. Now, we might all come from different backgrounds, but each of us recognize that the tremendous needs in our lives point us to one place, to God, for His answers, His provision, and mostly, for His grace. I hope the following program gives you a new perspective on who God is, who you are, and how you too might find forgiveness, healing, and hope in our Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening. serving right now in Guatemala. They're hey, training. Hey, family. Hi, friends. We know. Hey, GBC family. Hi, friends. We know it's only been a couple of months since we've been with you all in person, but it feels like longer and we miss you all already. For those of you who may not know us, we are Mike and Marina Shank, and we serve with South American Mission. God willing, the plan is for us to be moving to Bolivia in March of next year, but currently we are in Guatemala City for a period of training here with a church called Iglesia Reforma. Uh, which has a lot of connections with the missions agency team, uh, which has also a lot of connections with Grace Bible Church. So first of all, we wanted to say a big thank you to you all who were praying for us as we had COVID back in October. Thankfully, we're feeling much better, and we are very happy to be out of isolation as well. For the GBC Missions Conference this year, we hear that the focus is on media and using technology for the building up of God's kingdom and for His glory. So we wanted to share a little bit just about what we've been learning here in Guatemala as it relates to media, and as well as how we hope to possibly use media in future ministry when we're in Bolivia. So like many other churches around the world, Iglesia Reforma took advantage of its live streaming capabilities to worship as a dispersed community during the pandemic and in fact Guatemalans are still currently under a lot more restrictions as in terms of large gatherings so the live stream continues to be a way that, to include people all over the city um, even though they can't be together in person all at once. Um, Iglesia de Forma has actually experienced no- growth in numbers during this time which has been really cool to see um, many more people are calling Iglesia Reforma their home church, even if they've yet to come to an in-person service. And so we've really been impressed with the way that Iglesia Reforma uses social media and pushes out content and different kinds of campaigns to, to really reach people. But we've been even more impressed with the way that Iglesia Reforma is connecting with people relationally in an intentional way, building connections and connecting people to families and and other people within the church to build community. And, you know, as we all know, the pandemic has pushed us to realize our need for community. Iglesia Reforma has pushed people into missional communities within their own neighborhoods so that they can have opportunities for growth and discipleship with people among them. One of these opportunities is a thing called Instituto Reforma, which is a Bible institute led by one of the deaconesses in this church. And this is a way to uh, teach people basic hermeneutic skills and how to read the Bible on their own, all while going through the whole Bible over a two-year period. And the Institute uses Zoom and video teachings uh, to uh, teach people uh, different things. But in addition to this, uh, 
each participant is assigned to a discipleship group that is encouraged to meet in person when possible, but they also use WhatsApp to connect throughout the week and encourage uh, each other. I have personally had the opportunity to be part of this year's cohort and have already benefited in my own spiritual walk with the Lord so much from this. And I've been really um, impressed and, and excited to see that 40% of this year's cohort um, is actually new to Iglesia Reforma. And many of these people have probably never been to a church service in person. However, due to the leader's intentionality, they've become part of the community and they're connecting in meaningful ways and getting really key training through media. And I've had the opportunity to be part of a residency program together with eight other men from our church community. And the goal is really for us to be trained theologically, prepared spiritually for ministry. And some of the men in the program, they're already in ministry right now. And uh, one guy, for example, he and his wife live in a more rural area in Bolivia, about three hours outside of Guatemala City. But he is really benefiting from the training and the community that the residency provides. And so while it wouldn't really be possible for him to come in every week and make that three-hour drive each way for our weekly meeting, he can join via Zoom and um, he can still be part of the program. So that's that's been huge. Uh, we've also had the opportunity to see... Um, a program that our church is launching in partnership with TEAM. And the goal is to mobilize, train, and send Latin Americans to the nations um, to serve as, as missionaries. Excuse me. And a key part of this is the creation of a digital platform that will have articles, a podcast, videos, and more. And, of course, all of it will be in Spanish. The hope is for this joint effort and platform to be an attractive and a prophetic voice for the education, the preparation, and really the sending of Latin Americans who believe that God is leading them to serve in missions. Yeah, so as we look to the future in ministry in Bolivia, we are definitely excited about the opportunities to use media for evangelism and discipleship. Um, and we know that we're, we're definitely going to need to go slowly to understand not only the Bolivian culture at large, but also the specific, specific digital culture of Bolivia. How do people use social media? What are the differences intergenerationally and among different sectors of society? We feel like one of the biggest lessons we've learned here um, in terms of uh, media is the importance of using it as a way to connect and build two-way relationships. Content is not necessarily hard to find. There's a lot of different Bible teaching and resources out there, but true meaningful relationships are not as much of a commodity. And we know that those are truly the key to gospel transformation. So we're asking ourselves questions like, how do we use things like WhatsApp and Facebook to help people feel seen, heard, and part of a community that pursues Jesus together? You know, how do we use these means to make true followers of Jesus who will then go on to make disciples? And just like media is always changing, we know that we'll have to adapt our ministry and, and be flexible as we go. But we're really looking forward to continuing to learn while we're here in Guatemala and then learning um, how to use the gift of media when we arrive in Bolivia. So thank you for your partnership, your prayer. Uh, we pray regularly for you all, and we hope that God continues to guide GBC and also the nations um, in using media for the building up of his kingdom and for his glory and honor. So grace and peace to all of you in Jesus Christ, and we send saludos and abrazos. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. Say hi, everybody. <laughs>
So I asked Mike and Marina to, to send the first video because they really encapsulated what it is we're trying to talk about. There's four sections to our missions conference this morning. Uh, they talked about each one of them, whether or not you caught them. The first is online media. How is it that we interact utilizing the online platform and in its many myriad of manifestations? Although not everyone has online media or internet access, so we have offline media as well. So that will be our second segment. Our third segment will be social media and how are we utilizing that? How are missions, missionaries and missions around the world utilizing social media? And finally, how do we go from media in whatever form to discipleship? Because, I mean, that's really why we're here, isn't it? We're not just here to make content or to have technical things, discussions, or online uh, uh, ministries for the sake of it. We want people to know Jesus, and we want their lives to be changed and save them the way he saved each and every one of us. So the first section that we're going to talk about this morning is the online digital media, online digital media. Uh, we had uh, all of our missionaries, uh, where, regardless of where they are, contribute some aspect to this morning's service. So you're going to get to see essentially everybody, okay, in one form or another. Some have sent videos like we've just seen. Some are present with us and are going to share uh, in person. Some have sent pictures, and we are going to uh, read something that they sent in terms of text. And so that's what we're going to do here at the beginning. This is Dave and June Sparks are currently with Navigators in Australia. And we asked them the question, what lessons have you learned through technology or media use over the last two years? This is what they said. They said a lot of time has to be set aside to make these kinds of adjustments, changes, and additions. In some areas, it's too bad we did not pursue some of these things sooner as they have been a help and bonus to many of our ministries. But hindsight encouraged us to keep moving forward with more use of technology. Zoom or other video phone call apps have helped our staff to follow up with students who are no longer on campus for classes, as well as following up international students who have gone home and have been unable to return to complete their studies as a result of the pandemic. We went on and asked them, and so what other benefits have you seen in your use of digital uh, media in ministry? And they said there was one, they sent several things, but one really stuck out to me, and that's what I want to share with you this morning, and it's prayer. They said, the immediacy of sharing prayer needs and sharing technical problems means that we are supporting each other in real time, feeling closer with one another while celebrating successes and mourning the losses, encouraging each other in all of the challenges of ministry. Prayer online has taken on renewed intensity and frequency for many of us and with those with whom we work. One of our staff members expressed how loved she felt by all the texts, video calls, photos, uh, messages of prayer for her while she was in quarantine for 14 days out of the state and away from family. So it's interesting how you know, over the centuries, millennia, we've been connecting with the sort of internet of God, right? The way that the prayer connects each and every one of us. And we see that same expression occurring here now on earth through the use of, of internet. And so that's a really special piece of what it means to do online ministry. Next, we're going to see a video from uh, Josh Whitman in Imola, Italy. Greetings from Josh Whitman here at Chiesa La Rocca in Imola, and we wanted to share with you just how we've been able to use media and technology, especially during these past couple years, uh, to uh, spread the word, spread the gospel here in our city and in the areas around Imola. About two years ago, we began producing some videos 
uh, within our church just to put on Facebook and on YouTube, explaining, going through some books of the Bible, just short uh, meditations, gospel meditations. Uh, but until lockdown, we didn't really understand how useful and how powerful media could be. So using social media uh, and videos uh, to share the gospel, to let people know of also of the presence of our church here in this city. So during the first lockdown, I'm talking uh, now about uh, last year, we started producing videos for our Sunday morning worship time with music, prayer, and also a short message. And we noticed that many people, especially because they were in lockdown and uh, quarantine at home, uh, they were available and ready to watch some material and getting curious about uh, what this church was about. And now after almost two years, I will say that we have over 300, sometimes 400 people every week that watch the live streams of our Sunday morning service. So we have seen how God has used this pandemic, but also the difficulties of this time to actually uh, be able to share the gospel uh, with our city. And we have a very simple setup. We, uh, we put my uh, smartphone on a stand with, with a microphone and we just live stream our service. That's really all we do. We do prepare some short videos during the week uh, to encourage people to um, heighten their, their curiosity about our service and encourage people to come. And Lord willing, we will see some of these people that watch every Sunday our videos that we could start seeing them actually come physically uh, within our church so we can meet them personally or have personal contact. Now, just one short story. Uh, the band directors from the local community band that I play in has been watching all of our services and we're studying through the book of Revelation. And every time I go to our rehearsals on Monday nights, he, has, he actually asks me questions uh, regarding the message on Sunday. So I know that he's listening. I know that he's uh, hearing the gospel probably for the first time. And so you can pray as many people, uh, they tune in, they watch our videos, they maybe are curious to know what this evangelical church is all about, but our prayers that God will touch their hearts and they could read scripture and actually come to a saving knowledge uh, of Christ even through this uh, technological um, tool that we have here in month. Again, thank you uh, to Grace Bible. Um, it was great to be with you this summer. Greetings to everybody and have a great conference. God bless. Hello, I'm Roy Oxenwad, and Darla over there that you know has been playing the piano. For 36 years, we've been with the Evangelical Free Church of America. We were overseas working in Brussels, Belgium, and then came back to the United States and have been doing ministry here. Uh, recently, we have moved from the Global Missions Division to the National Division of the Evangelical Free Church, and underneath that, we there is a uh, segment called all people ministries and then under all people ministries there is immigrant mission so if you get all of that that sort of gives you an idea of what we're uh, how this sort of all works together an immigrant mission specifically works with um, first uh, and second generation international families here in the United States and it draws upon the expertise of all people's um, various other ministries that they have to integrate the new arrivals into churches. So Immigrant Mission exists to 
equip churches of vibrant ministries to integrate new arrivals into their congregations, especially the UPGs, which are unreached people group. And there are 97 unreached people groups in the United States. 55 of them happen to be Muslim. So that gives you an idea of where our, our whole thing uh, has been going. We were, I was with the Billy Graham Center for 20 years, and then the lockdowns sort of came, and we left the, the Billy Graham Center. And the question was asked, how has the lockdown, the COVID, affected your ministry, and how does this affect with social media? One of the things that we did was conferences that were in person, and... Uh, we had a website, but we realized that we couldn't do the conferences anymore. And we saw that the number of people visiting our website was going down as social media was taking off. So uh, Mike, my colleague and I decided what we needed to do was to go to where everybody else goes for information. And where is that? Google. Google, yes, but <laughs> if you wanna know specifically how to do something. <laughs> YouTube. So we said, if we want to do this kind of ministry and get the information out, we need to go to YouTube. So we developed, uh, over this past year, over 32 videos to help churches know what to do and how to reach, how to find unreached people groups near them and specific ways that we can do that. So our whole aspect of what has been going on had made a shift in regards to this. But it also means that uh, I'm a part of a theological seminary in, in the UK, and for our team meetings, we're all doing Zoom to uh, interact with one another to find out exactly what's going on. But we're also doing conferences, but we're doing conferences via Zoom, and specifically the areas that we're working in is uh, in the Middle East, and many of the people cannot get visas to come out of the country to do this type of thing. So Zoom happens to be the way that uh, we'll be doing this conference in January. And we pray, ask you for prayer specifically of all the technicalities because we have to translate it in multiple languages at the same time and then have breakout groups and then record this and hopefully write it into uh, some publication, probably a book, to help people on discipleship, uh, those who have come from uh, this particular background. So one of the things we were doing with videos is we said that most of these people that are coming as internationals uh, may not know exactly, well, the churches may not know exactly how to get, find them, what to do with them, such as international uh, student ministries or church within a church, uh, just different types of aspects that churches need to understand on how to do ministry to more integrate people within the, within the congregation. So just to give you an idea of what that looks like, we have put together a short video clip of an introduction to one of our videos. Hello, I'm Mike Gerton, and we are in Ames, Iowa today at Iowa State University to talk to a team of people from Christ Community Church who are reaching out to international students here on campus. This will be a three-video series, and we hope it will be useful to you and your church, especially if you are around the campus yourselves, in knowing how to engage an in international community. 
We will be putting links to the, in the description section below so that you can know of resources that will be helpful to you as you look to engage international students on a campus nearby. So then we go into the, the, the steps on how to find uh, if you have a, a college campus near you, what to do, how to get in, involved, and how to get this ministry, and then the resources that are available. So we've also been tasked with doing this for the refugees that are now coming, uh, getting resources for churches to accept both the Haitian as well as the Afghan refugees that are coming here to the United States. So you just ask for your prayer as we're trying to work alongside receiving agencies and churches to bring the two of those together. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ at Grace Bible Church. We are Joel and Rachel Shelley from Word of Life Philippines. Looking back before the start of the pandemic, before we even heard anything about COVID, we see how the Lord prepared us for the situation we find ourselves in for the last two years. Some from Grace that came to the Philippines in the past might even remember traveling 20 minutes just to send a message back home. For the past five years, we have been able to establish a network infrastructure with a fiber connection as the backbone. Before the pandemic started, and even until now, we have had a fast and reliable internet connection. What was an unforeseen situation what caused our ministry to change in some ways has also presented new opportunities. Up until this past month, since March of 2020, we have had very few campers physically here at camp. As one door closed temporarily, the Lord opened another door. The camp ministry has been able to host several online events. It really became quite the production. Everyone was involved and even staff kids pitched in, and it all came together. Many tuned in from all over the Philippines. The gospel was proclaimed. God's word went out. Eternity will truly tell the impact of these events. But we thank the Lord for the opportunities he has given us and has continued to give us. Our local church ministries team um, was also affected. All of the ministries were but one thing in particular they started doing is putting together different programs for discipleship and training online. Um, instead of going to the churches, they would do the training via Zoom or some other media platform. They put together seven different programs over the course of the last year and a half. And during the um, one in particular called the Youth Ministry Lab, they were able to minister to 12 different churches on three different islands. So in a way, you can see how instead of just physically being in one place and ministering to one church or the local churches, their ministry has expanded to reaching not only this area, but all across the Philippines, which is a pretty cool thing. Um, and the Youth Ministry Lab was used to, to help train and encourage the church leaders and especially the youth leaders how to reach out to minister to their young people um, in this situation where they find themselves. Where In the situation here, there are a lot of different areas where it's hard to have access to the internet without having to go through a little bit of trouble. The Bible Institute has also had its share of changes this past couple of years. But again, we see the Lord provide. Many of our teachers at the Bible Institute are guest lecturers that come from all over the world. With the borders closed for the last two years, guest lecture teachers 
have not been able to be here in person. But with a fast and stable internet connection, a few decent cameras and microphones, the Bible Institute continues with both resident and guest lecture teachers. It's been pretty amazing. And another, our last ministry we want to tell you about is our campus ministry. This is our university outreach. And when the young adult team came from Grace in 2013, I think, or 2014, to come and visit the Philippines, they joined out with helping to share the gospel on the campus. But anyway, this because the schools are all online right now, there's no students at the campus. But our university team has continued their ministry with online outreach. Um, our, one of the gals on our team is a recent graduate from the university, and so she's able to be a part of the different um, school groups and things like that because she's a recent alumni. And through that has gotten connected and gotten our team connected with a whole bunch of freshmen. When they kicked off the start of the school year in August, they had 168 freshmen that joined their online event. That's way more than they've ever had in person. Um, and 202 total joined the Zoom program. 25 were facilitators, 168 were the freshmen, and the rest were parents, ministry alumni, and second year students. And now, one of the, Pow, that same young lady that was a part of a recent graduate from the university, she is continuing on. She's been able to share the gospel with 14 different ladies that attended that event that she's been following up, and six of them are desiring to continue on with a more intense discipleship program. Um, there's, she told me just recently that a whole bunch of their second year students that they've been discipling this last year are now discipling some of these new students that came on through this recent event that they had in August. So it's just their ministry, has, I think, has expanded the most um, and is going deeper through their intentional one-on-one -on -one Zoom times that they have, not just in the big group meetings. But they've done a total of 11 different events over the last couple months, and they continue each week to have a weekly Bible club that's attended by a pretty, pretty good number. So you see that the, the online uh, ministry has been a, a good addition. You know, we're really looking forward to have campers back here at camp, face-to-face, -face where um, we can minister, them, minister to them and they can minister to us. And so... This, the one-line thing is really just an addition, not to take place of, but we just see how the Lord is working through this type of media. And how he's used it to really expand to areas we couldn't have reached before, to num like with these students, students we wouldn't have had the opportunity to connect with necessarily in person. But now when things lessen up again, we're able to have students back to be able to connect with them in person. So we just want to thank you again, Grace Bible Church, for being a part of the ministry here at World Life in the Philippines. Thank you. So what happens when there's no internet connection? The next segment will be our offline digital media, and we're gonna listen from Matt Keel. Hello, Grace Bible Church from South Africa. I'm so excited to hear about the fact that you're doing a missions conference this week. I love missions conferences. I hope you have an amazing time. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about things that are happening in South Africa right now. Things are going great. God is really blessing. While we are still in Zebs and the Zebs are growing in number, we're getting back to pre-COVID numbers in some cases, slowly but surely, which is very exciting. 
We're able to teach. I've been doing a bunch of teaching, which I find very enjoyable. And I'm able to do a lot of behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, too, where I help out with preparing and whatnot. I've really enjoyed working the Zeb's bookshop as well. We are almost to graduation time right now, which means that a lot of students are graduating from Zeps. People who had to wait a whole year when we weren't able to be open because of COVID, now we're finally being able to graduate and people are really excited. Graduation is always an exciting time of year for us. Now, the topic at hand is technology in missions. And we do have some pretty cool things we're doing with technology right now. There's two of them that I would like to highlight. And they're both actually in the same vein. And they're both with a partnership that we've been doing with the Jesus film, which is super cool. The first one I'm going to show you is these micro SD cards. We get these. We have them totally full of all kinds of biblical things. We have a radio program here that we put on ourselves. We're able to put that on there so that people can uh, get digital copies of the radio program. They don't have to download it from the Internet. They can just grab it right from here. We also have a bunch of the Bible uh, and uh, the Jesus film. Uh, content on there as well, including all of their uh, videos that try to prove Christianity and things like that, which is super interesting. And of course, the Jesus film itself, which is in all of the local languages here in South Africa. So that can be super helpful as well to pass on to people. You see, in South Africa, uh, Wi-Fi is not common. Most people don't have Wi-Fi in their homes, but what they do have is cell phones. And a lot of older cell phones uh, did have uh, these slots, these micro SD slots, and since a lot of these people are using older cell phones, they can use these to get the content onto their phones and use them. And something quite similar but even cooler is this thing called a light stream, another thing that we're working with the Jesus Film uh, in, and what it is is it's a small Wi-Fi hub. Now it doesn't give people the actual internet, it only gives people access to what we've put on here. So once again, we put our radio programs on there. We have the different Jesus Films uh, stuff on here. And uh, when you turn it on, it projects a Wi-Fi signal. And then people can um, download uh, as if they were using Wi-Fi from this device onto their phones. And then they're able to do some pretty exciting things. Uh, they're even able to get Zeb's Notes and all of these radio programs that we've done. It's a really cool um, system that we can use because people don't really have access to internet in their homes, so we couldn't really put it on a website or things like that. Uh, but we do it through this thing, and people can get access to it then, which is super exciting. Data is also very expensive here. People do have data. People can get online via data. That's how the average South African uh, interacts with the world, with the internet. They do it through their data plans, but it is super expensive. So if they wanted to watch a video like the Jesus film or, or anything like that, it would be way more expensive than most people could handle. So this gives them access to those things for absolutely free. Uh, this does not take up any of their data. Um, so yeah, those are just a couple, just two of the very exciting things we're doing with technology. Uh, as with most things, we're always looking to where we can expand, but those are some examples. Hope you guys have an amazing missions conference. God bless. Good morning, my name is Kent Herschelman, and I'm thrilled to be here with you today. We wanna, Suzanne and I wanna extend our thanks for your partnership over these last 30 plus years, and we're very grateful for it. 
You heard a new word introduced into your vocabulary this year, Zoom. <laughs> and Zoom is a wonderful thing. Uh, on, the, on the screen, you'll see a picture of a lady sitting in a chair under an umbrella. That's the only place she can get a Wi-Fi signal. She's a Bible translator in the Pacific Rim, and she's in a two-week Bible translation workshop learning translation. So uh, God has just done amazing things this year. He, we set our goals and he laughed at them and blew them apart and we exceeded them beyond our wildest expectations. Uh, many of the groups we work with are what we call preliterate. That means their language isn't even written. So we have this device called a proclaimer. This is a mini one, they have a larger one also. And in... Uh, South Asia, we completed a group of Bible stories, chronological Bible stories, and we put them on here. And a little older lady went to the pastor one day and said, I want a claimer. And he said, no. So she came back again. And he said, no, go away. So she came back a third time. And he said, no, go away. You're only a woman. She came back a fourth time. He said, okay. So this little old lady went throughout the slums in her city and planted 22 house churches. So needless to say, they gave her her own proclaimer. <laughs> and that's it. those are just some of the exciting things that have happened this year. Um, uh, we're seeing Facebook used. They're checking on Facebook. SD card, we just heard about that. That's incredible. You can do distribution of the Bible in audio, digital, Jesus film, stories, any Bible studies, anything you can load on those cards, you can distribute it. A church in Michigan distributed 3,500 of them to churches throughout the mountains in southern Oaxaca, Mexico. So God is at work and he's doing amazing things. And again, we're just so thankful for your partnership. You're part of the, seeing this happen. The Seed Company is having an amazing year. We have 908 Bible translations around the world under management right now. And some of you know what a capital campaign looks like, right? Think of managing 908 mini capital campaigns all at the same time. And that's what we're doing. Thank you for your partnership. One of the things that Kent had mentioned is how God is exceeding our own expectations uh, throughout this whole COVID pandemic. I know when, the COVID, when COVID hit, we were very concerned about many aspects of it, whether or not we were going to be able to pay our bills, whether or not people were going to show up, whether or not people were going to be able to hear the gospel. And it seems at every turn from our experience here at GBC and from what it sounds like around the world is that God has galvanized his people to fight back in the face of some of these obstacles that are occurring. And so I just want to take a moment to pause us and to thank God for his working through this difficult time here at GBC and around the world. So let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this morning and for everything that you're teaching us. How, we're, how you're glorifying yourself, Lord, through the many ministries and missionaries around the world. We thank you, Lord, that in the face of pandemic, 
in the face of any obstacle, Lord, that you have promised through your Son that your church will prevail. We pray, Father, that you will uh, give us a deeper trust in you as we face the needs of the day. And help us, Lord, to see you in everything. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. While looking through our conference today, we looked at offline media and then online media. Today I get to talk about our social media presence and how it can impact missions through any media necessary. While social media has been around for a few decades, it's a lot of place where we can share funny, the famous, the relive memories to pass along news. But it's also a tool that the church could and needs to be using to share the gospel as well. The two greatest ways would be through content and connection. And we're going to look at a few short videos to show these type of things. The first one being one way we can use social media to share, evangelize other people, to share the gospel. So, gentlemen, throw that out for us. Who was the person that saved you when you were at your lowest? That person was Jesus. Praise God, he did. Just a simple, just a simple way to share. One person jumped on a trending video claim. Where somebody asked a question, he used it as an opportunity to share the gospel in a quick, succinct way to say, "Praise God, I was saved by the Lord Jesus alone through His redemption." And that's all. It, that's all it was. A simple response on a popular trend. Another way to do that through edification, through praise and glory of the God who is worthy to be praised. Let's see a, another example of this. Through Everyone in the Bible sick that Jesus touched got healed. But she touched Jesus and she got made whole. That's right. Wait, it's better. When he's got to come to you, you'll get your miracle. Yep. But when you pursue him, he'll fix it all. That's right. Come on, let's go. Don't you just love it? Just a simple way to praise God for of praise God by sharing the gospel through the praising of him through worship. Just a simple message. We we can be doing this with our social media presence and we should be doing the same thing. The final one is an, uh, the longest video that we have is our engagement with culture through the through of uh, clarification of what the Bible actually says instead of the misconceptions of what people think it says. The misunderstanding over John 3.16 has led many Christians in America today to believe that one must accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior or they will be condemned to hell. That is not what John 3.16 means. So it turns out we've all misunderstood John 3.16. According to this progressive pastor, John 3.16 doesn't teach you have to believe in Jesus to be saved. Now, I understand why people reject the teaching that Jesus is the only way. Many people just don't like it. It sounds too narrow, too exclusive, too intolerant. But here's the thing, our personal preferences don't change reality. So the question is, what did Jesus really teach? And the simplest way to find out is just to read the verses for yourself. Sometimes the simplest way to answer false teaching is to go back and read the context. So here's what John 3, 16 to 18 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but 
Whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Now there is no way to get around these words. Jesus says whoever believes in him has eternal life. That's the good news. But what happens to those who don't believe? Jesus says they're condemned already. A few verses later, John says the wrath of God remains on them. That's the bad news. That these are just great examples of way to create content to help through social media to help share the gospel about about the importance of the Lord Jesus. Content though is not the only way. We could also be using it through by creating connections on our social media platforms that we are part of. Through networking, through sharing info. And one of the ways I hear we say a lot at the through other church and you're going to hear a lot more today is by liking a post by sharing content information about our church, by sharing, retweeting, liking, and commenting on videos. These are ways to pass along information about the ministries of Grace Bible or about any church. These are the important ways that we can create connections and meet important needs. And that also brings us to, shows us how we can pass along information. So let's pass along some information on our, some more of our missionaries for, through Tim and Luann Keel who in South Africa, they write to us, due to South African government regulations in response to COVID-19 pandemic, our Zebs Bible College were closed from April 2020 through February 21. We were stuck in America during the part of that time, returning to the field in um, November 2020. While in America, I was amazed at how connected I could be with our students and teachers in South African through South Africa through technology. The main way I could use, I would connect through with the phone app called WhatsApp. Few people in the US use this app, but everyone in South Africa has WhatsApp on their phones. Through this free app, I was able to send and receive messages, send out Zeb's les lessons, and send audio Bible programs to our students. WhatsApp could, can also be used to audio or video call somewhere, someone somewhere in the world. I use this to phone and to have video conference with our Zeb teachers and leadership. In the, same, in the way that we are able to stay connected and make decisions together on how to manage the Zebs during pandemic. Most South Africans though don't have Wi-Fi or data plans on their phones. So to have a conference call, I first need to buy data for each person in the video conference. And I'm able to do that from America by logging into my South African bank accounts through which I could buy any phone data in South Africa. Technology has also helped a great deal as we attempted to reopen Zeb's Bible College this year. We need to get specific messages to many hundreds of students that are spread out far and wide. We need to tell them that the data that Zeb's, that the date they attended Zeb's, when it would meet, and the new venue. We had to change venues from our Zeb, for our Zebs, because the Zeb schools were meeting in public classrooms, which work well for us. However, the South African government said no outside groups could use the classrooms this year. God miraculously provided alternative venues. We use WhatsApp to send out hundreds and hundreds of free messages to our students. We're able, we also found a company called SMS Link. This company enabled us to send out text messages called SMSs to our many students conveniently and at a very low cost. Praise God that he enabled his work to go forward in a pandemic through technology. 
Another letter from Michelle Akavuti in Slovakia. She writes to us saying, Facebook and other social networking platforms have made it possible to keep connected with students. For students, social media has become a guide on life, and they spend most of their time checking out what's next in a digital world. While I do not agree with many of the things social media promotes, it has become an indispensable ministry tool for communication, encouragement, and opportunities to build deeper relationships with my students. This has not only been a tool for working with students, but has given the church the possibility to encourage members in their relationship with God and place a to be placed in a continued community with one another. While COVID has changed the face of ministry, it is also giving opportunity to learn and grow in how we approach ministry. What a blessing it is to serve God during these times. He continues to be faithful to us in guiding us. Thank you for supporting the ministry here in Slovakia. Your faithful prayers and support have not only been a blessing to me, but to my students, teachers, and others I meet in the city. A letter from Igor and Vida Svidersky in Germany write to us saying, Corona faces our, forces our Messianic Jewish congregation in Munich to become experts at Zoom. And to many of our Bible studies, prayer meetings, and services, they all went online. This allowed people from other cities and even other countries to join us. We developed a guided discussion format for such online meetings that involve all participants and helps them grow spiritually and effectively. In fact, two Jewish people even received their tevila, or baptism, this year. Praise God for that. And for Mike, Matt and Ivy Coffee um, from EMI uh, based out of Colorado, they write to us saying, EMI changed media using by media used in COVID. Besides having to adopt work from home procedures and virtual meetings like many did in COVID, a number of new and positive adaptations have taken place at EMI. These also include an all digital magazine inside EMI, a once per year access to the EMI CEO and his updates. Higher expectations for virtual client consultation for pre-travel, and especially in the healthcare design sector. Higher engagement with the EMI network and through virtual EMI chapter meetings and a virtual conference option. Though all do welcome more familiar personal contact rhythms, now possible in the vaccine phase of COVID, there are some in the aspects of the media adaptations that EMI will hang on to in the future. And now we get to watch a video from our friends Scott and Stephanie Gross. Hi, Grace Bible Church. We are Scott and Stephanie Gross, and we serve in Morocco. Now, the pandemic has certainly changed many of the ways that we work. One of our roles has been doing teacher training for new English teachers with ELIC being sent all over the world. In 2020, this training that usually happens in person took place over Zoom with both interactive video meetings and pre-recorded content. And during the lockdown, I spent about a month recording teaching videos in the spare room of our apartment. Yeah, you could hear the call to prayer on some of the videos during training. It wasn't that distracting. <laughs> in addition, the pandemic also developed new avenues to stay connected with global leadership in our organization. The truth is we have been more connected with leadership than ever before. Now, in our role as teachers, I found that the pandemic actually led to a new dimension of relationships with students. I had more opportunity to give students feedback on their work by using things like Google Docs. 
But at the heart level, there were a few students that were willing to open up about their mental health during the pandemic. And since we had these new avenues like WhatsApp, we were able to do that. And then unfortunately, there were some students who lost close family members because of COVID. And since we had new ways to reach out, this provided a means to tell students that we were praying for them and praying for their families. And after the pandemic ended, I found that many of my classes were actually tighter because we had that shared experience of getting through the pandemic together. Yeah, I found that a lot of friends and neighbors were more willing to share through WhatsApp um, ways they were struggling, ways they were worried, and um, sharing that we were praying for people was an important new opportunity during this time where we could be more bold, I felt, on, on using media. In our role as learners, we have actually been able to participate in an online training right now while we are on home assignment. This training helps us to be able to utilize a video series to specifically reach Muslims as they trace the power of Christ throughout the story of the Bible. Now, of course, we desire face-to-face -face interactions with our teams, leadership, and especially the people of Morocco. But through the pandemic, we're reminded that the message of Christ can be communicated through a variety of means. We're so thankful for your support so that we can continue to share this message by any means of media. Turn myself off. Watch the video. People are searching for everything online. Good recipes, advice, quick fixes, and not so quick fixes. Even answers to some of life's biggest questions. As people search for answers, we want them to find gospel truth and connect with people who can disciple them. Because the reality is, people are asking whether someone is there to answer or not. God has given us digital media to share His good news with the world. Because people everywhere are already using it. That's why now is the time to leverage media to start disciple-making movements. We call it Media to Movements. Media to Movements is the strategic use of digital media to identify people on a spiritual journey to Christ and connect them with disciple-makers, who, in turn, equip them to reach their family and friends with the gospel. It starts here. But really, it goes back to this all for the sake of the gospel. It's happening all over the world. Explore how media can accelerate disciple-making where you live. A friend of mine dropped off uh, some boxes of suits and I was super excited. I always love free clothing. They were great. The, the content was great. The uh, um, Doug, I think I told you to come too fast. Okay. Yeah, my bad. No, you're up. I'm off. You're up. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. No
My name is Doug Witzig, and my wife Jen and I are here serving with TEAM. We were with you about a year ago in October of 2020 for your missions conference. We, that was during our home assignment. We'd returned uh, during COVID to, uh, from Hong Kong to put our youngest son in the university. We're glad to be with you today, but we're also sad to be with you today. We wish we could be back in East Asia, but a combination of security problems and combined with COVID pandemic uh, finds us still here in the United States from our hometown of Morton, Illinois. So good to be with you, but a bit sad as well. And that's the situation for a lot of our colleagues from the Asia Pacific region. That has been one of the regions that hardest hit by the pandemic. And we have a lot of our teammates still stuck outside uh, back here in the US and Canada. And so like you've heard already this morning, they have adopted a lot of these digital media tools, social media tools, to stay connected with the places and the people that they wish they could be with. And so we're helping through team and through partners like some of the ones you've heard this morning uh, to find ways to stay connected, to make disciples. Team's purpose is to partner with the global church to send disciples who make disciples and establish missional communities to the glory of God. And so let's think about a large city in the Far East where our worker was previously. He and one of the brothers from that majority people group have built a website with lots of content in that majority language. Now we've heard a lot about content development and there's a lot of content out there that can be shared, but what they found in the church planting movement that they started in that city, several congregations, is that people like content from people they trust. And so although there's a lot of things out there they could pull and post on their website, they like to create content from themselves. And then they're also getting testimonies from people in their church planting network of how they came to Christ and the things that they're doing to grow. And so it's a new believer sharing their testimony on the website and then that can get pulled down by other people and shared with their friends that listen to someone who you may know. But listen to the story of someone that you have met. So it's not just, um, although we can appreciate the funny videos and the, all, all those things that we've seen, people really like content from people they trust. Now what about in a place, um, what we call an unreached people group, in a very hard to access uh, part of that country? So there, um, we are building on biblical content from our friends with groups like Wycliffe who have been translating the Bible. And our people that are stuck back here now who have been learning that language are taking biblical content and putting it into some of these same formats we've seen on the, um, on, on the little flashcards that can be carried back in. Uh, they're taking Bible content, making short passages in the language that can be listened to. They're taking the Bible content and creating songs through something called ethnomusicology, taking the musical styles of those ethnic groups using their instruments to make songs with scripture embedded in that song, putting it on, onto those little cards that can be popped into those older uh, smartphones and carried out into the villages by our trusted partners. And then get that phone out to uh, an uh, old granny in the village, she can listen to these songs that resonate with her spirit because this is the music style that she grew up with, but it's full of gospel truth. And so these are some of the ways that we're, that we're seeing our people 
who are stuck here in North America still engage with making disciples and training people who then can make more disciples and gather people. Our goal, of course, is really to be incarnational, to see people gather together face to face. We're thankful that is still happening in many places where our workers um, can be, like places like Japan and Taiwan, but in places where we can't be, like in the big country, we're thankful that our connections there are continuing on. Let me leave you with a prayer request uh, that we're really pushing hard on. There is another people group called the Bell that the Wycliffe translators that we partner with, they're in their final stages of completing the New Testament. They only have the book of Hebrews and the book of Romans, two of the toughest, to complete. And we've learned that in the last year of Bible translation projects can be the toughest. The spiritual opposition increases. So we're calling on prayer for the Bell New Testament because then when that's completed, our workers, both our own and other partners in this alliance, can take that biblical content and do what? Make, make little Bible stories, video clips, and the music that then can be carried out into the Bell Villages. So let's pray for that this year. Thank you. Can you add that to your prayer? Thanks, Doug. Back to my suits. <laughs> I'm so worried about everyone else hitting their cues that I'm the one who messed it up. It's not the first time that's happened. So my friend drops off suits. I love suits. They were beautiful suits. I was excited. I was, their fabric was good. The, they were made by a wonderful company. And I was very excited to get into them. So, of course, I run up to my room. I begin taking them out and putting them in. And to my dismay, none of them fit me. They're kind of close. But the tailoring was wrong. I was a little bit too heavy for them. But even if I had lost some weight, they may or may not have looked okay. But I decided instead of changing the suits, I changed my body. So I decided to lose weight to fit into these suits. So I did. I lost a few pounds. Ran back up after I had lost that about a month or two later. Tried them back on. They fit this time, but the tailoring was off still. They were not made for my body. They were tailored for somebody else. So I ended up giving like thousands of dollars of suits away that had been given to me because they just not were made for their me. You know, I often find myself in the position where I'm being asked by God and others to share the gospel with somebody. These opportunities seem to just plop in my lap, maybe because I'm a pastor, but I think also because people know me from lots of different segments of society, and they know they can ask me anything. Um, they know who I was before. They knew what I struggled with, so they feel comfortable asking me these questions. I know who Christ is. I know what he did for me in my life and how uh, he wants to save this person with whom I'm interacting. But I, like my suits, have to tailor them specifically for the person that I'm speaking to. I have military connections. I have recovery connections. I have church connections, community connections, and family connections. I can sometimes deliver the message of the gospel in the wrong way to the wrong segment at the wrong time. I have to be careful. This is an essential tenet of evangelism, and this is really what we're seeking to do when we're utilizing digital media. We're seeking to give people the gospel. One must tailor the message to deliver the content of the gospel in the context of the listener. I mean, think about it. Jesus spoke differently to the woman at the well than he spoke to Nicodemus the Pharisee. 
Peter spoke differently on the day of Pentecost to the masses who were there in Jerusalem than he did to his audience of his letters in the New Testament. And Paul spoke differently to philosophers than he spoke to Jews who followed the law. You see, what Jesus and Peter and Paul are doing here in regard to this, Paul makes explicit in the verse that we talked about today, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. That's, that's what this is all about. We could sit here all day and watch videos and listen to updates. In the end, it's about making disciples. It's about delivering the gospel in any way we can that some might hear and be saved. In this passage, Paul tells the Corinthians that he lives and ministers in such a way that, like I said, he delivers the content in the context of the people who are listening so that nothing would stand in the way of people hearing the truth of God. He says, I've become all things to all people. You see, Paul spoke in categories and terms that would best contain his message to his given audience at the time. And we must do this too. We must do this too. So that by any means, maybe I should say media necessary, people might hear the gospel and enjoy the blessings of salvation. More than that, we can be joyfully expectant that God will honor our efforts as well. You see, by any means necessary in Greek is actually one word. And not only does it mean by any method, right, by any means, but it also means by all means. There's a sense of expectancy. So what Paul is saying is, is not only will some be saved, some will surely be saved. Isn't that your hope when we see these different ways we package the gospel, these digital media? This is my heart. My heart beats for this. To know that when people are listening to our messages, listening to the music on our worship day, listening to the podcasts that are coming, to the videos that will be created, that God will speak. And that some, by any means necessary, will be saved. Our use of digital media and ministry is not just another way to become like a culture for the sake of becoming like the culture. It's very easy to do that. Our engagement with the culture through social media and digital media must always, first and foremost, be for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the gospel. Culture is ever-changing, and COVID has poured gasoline on that fire. It's made it happen even faster. The pandemic has affected the entire world in dramatic ways. We've heard all about them. We've lived it. We're in it now. I mean, socially, people are distanced from one another and longing to feel real connection again with others. Spiritually, people have been confronted by the reality of their own mortality. The ever-present news of increasing cases, deaths around the world, and new strategies for combating the virus, many people are just asking themselves, am I next? Moreover, the mitigation strategies, the political dissidents, we live in a crazy world. The increased stress level across the culture are driving people to question what really matters in this life, what really matters today. Even if they're not consciously asking these questions, they most certainly feel them. And emotionally, the pandemic has given rise to increased incidents of depression, anxiety, drug abuse, and suicide. In my recovery groups, several people, the, the rate of deaths due to overdose has skyrocketed. People can't get to meetings. People can't share what's going on in their lives. They can't receive strategies for dealing with that increased stress, and they turn to what they know. Now, this is just in the area of addiction. Each and every one of us are dealing with stress, and we often deal with it in very bad ways. And so this inability to engage with one another on a deep, meaningful level moves us 
to embrace the wrong strategies, sinful strategies, for dealing with the stresses in our life. So as a church, we've had to do things differently. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the landscape of local church ministry, outreach, and foreign missions. The restrictions we know placed on travel and gatherings, I'll give it grace, in an attempt to tamp out this disease has forced churches and missions organizations to adapt new strategies in bringing the gospel to any person anywhere. The church, as God's forerunners to the coming kingdom of God, has the answer to these serious problems of which we just spoke, but the pandemic has created situations where the answers cannot be applied to the problem for lack of contact. So this has forced us to utilize media as the new vehicle for delivering the eternal gospel to those in desperate need of redemption. We are, do you know this, that we are, Grace Bible Church here, God's definitive expression of the kingdom of God and what redeemed living looks like. So we must work to cultivate environments in which people hear the gospel of redemption in new ways, through new means and new medias, if we're to continue on the Great Commission. We joined this fight in earnest uh, at the stay-at-home mandate, so mid-March of last year. We began live streaming. Do you guys remember the live stream at the very beginning? It, well, come on, it wasn't that bad. We started with nothing. We had a tripod here with a little... Uh, in fact, the camera that's on the TV in there for later, you'll see it. That's the camera. We put it on a tripod right here. We put a shirt and pants on it, and we called it Fred. Do you remember? <laughs> and we live-streamed from the stage with the camera right here, and we just pieced it all together. And you remember, you watched. It would fail sometimes. It would work sometimes. You couldn't see the screen. You couldn't hear somebody. We do half a service with no sound, right? <laughs> it was just a nightmare. And even today, you know, God's ability to come through and to deliver the message despite our best efforts, is amazing. There's a phrase, you know, winging a prayer from the Second World War. Guys would go down, they would bomb, and they'd come back, bullet holes, leaking fuel, half a wing's off, all the glass is cracked, everything's out. They're coming home on a wing and a prayer. They wrote a song about it. Today's service, winging a prayer. Winging a prayer. God was able to, my own lack of timing notwithstanding, make this go off without a hitch. God has been able to make our efforts matter and change lives. There's a woman we follow on or follows us on Facebook. She's never been to the church. She comments frequently and she watches every message. She's just one. There are a lot of people. You know, when I was being interviewed as the, for the position here, one of the pillars of my ministry was digital media. So even before the pandemic, I knew that this was the direction that we had to go as a church. I believed it then, and as you can see, I believe it even more so now. So I want to show you a little bit of information about what we're doing. This is a line graph that shows our engagement in numbers reached monthly in the preceding 12 months. This is from January, and then we have some numbers that look forward in terms of projection. And so we can see this amazing engagement between these two. 2021 is the uh, red one. 2020 is the blue one. So we had a little bit higher engagement of 2020, especially when the stay-at-home hit. You would expect that, right? Everybody's at home. Of what is most important to note here is the bottom yellow line. That was our social media engagement before the pandemic happened. It's like on the ground. It's on the ground, okay? 
This is why we do it. So people will hear the message. Let's look at the next one, the world map. This is pretty cool. These are all of the countries around the world that hear our messages. Like I said before, previously, one of the countries that we hear most from, that downloads most of our content, is Israel. And that really makes me excited that we're having impact on the world stage with respect to Israel because so many people are hearing. You notice, look at that 1040 window. All of those Muslim countries still white. We can do better. Let's look at the next one. This is our total reach. This number is the total reach of our messaging across all of our social media platforms from the day the pandemic started until October 31st of this year, 84,002. That means 84,002 people as they were scrolling through their social media saw Michael saying, good morning. Saw me giving a message. Saw Aaron's, uh, Adam's social media posts. Saw our updates about what was happening. Saw Roxanne delivering her amazing Kingdom Kids segments. 84,002 people. But we can do better. So you might be asking yourself, what more can we do? Or maybe what can I do? Well, there's five ways I want to talk about this morning briefly. I'm just going to drop them because we're already running late. First, you can pray. You've got to pray. We have to pray. Nothing is happening apart from prayer. People need to hear the message. Second, we need to engage. This is what engage means. Like, click, comment, and share. Why is this important? Because every time you like and click something, it changes the algorithm, the calculation of how important we might be to someone else who's watching. Let me tell you right here and right now, even if you don't like it, like it. <laughs> like it. And more than like it, share it. I took an average, we'll call them the average GBC -er, and I took the number and I took the number of our mutual friends out and I extrapolated it out over a year if 10% of their friends shared our content. 1.3 million people a year from one person sharing. We need to be liking and sharing our content where it's about getting the message out. Third, volunteer. Help in our AV ministry. Help downstairs doing recording. Help us. Fourth, give. Let me tell you about the AV digital fund. I think the last time I mentioned it, we had $12,000 in the AV fund, which got us going. Since then, we have over $26,000. Okay? You guys have been remarkably faithful. Thank you. And, we're doing, and this might be the last hurrah of our old equipment. Everything's ordered. Okay, we're waiting to get it here because you guys were generous. Thank you. Finally, you can fight. Join the fray. If you're on social media, make videos. If you're on social media and you see something that's contrary to the gospel, comment on it. Mention it. For those of you who are on TikTok, duet it. Stitch it. Do whatever you got to do to get the truth of the gospel out there to a world that desperately needs it. Together, we can participate with Christ in building his church. He's calling us to another way of ministry. It certainly doesn't negate the old, but it's something we're going towards and we must do, and it's ripe for harvest. It's ripe for harvest. So let us pray. Angelica, why don't you come on up? Let us pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send faithful workers into the field. May he even send us as we pursue those by any media necessary. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the world, God. We um, praise you this morning, Lord. We give you the honor, the glory, and the praise, Lord. For We know that you are worthy, God. And God, that um, 
There are so many people around the world, Lord, that need to hear your word, Lord. Um, and God, I pray for each one of the, the people, Lord, that you would do what only you can do, Lord, that um, media only goes so far, Lord. Our efforts only go so far, but when you show up, that's when um, life is given, Lord. And God, I pray earnestly, Lord, with our GBC family, knowing that you hear our prayers, Lord, and that you have a special heart for each one of these missionaries, for their children, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would remind them that you see you see them, Lord, that you see their hurts, God, that you see their efforts, God, their sacrifice, and God, that you are present with them, Lord. I pray, God, for your Holy Spirit to go mightily and powerfully through their lives, Lord, that you would encourage them deeply, that their effort is not in vain, Lord. Um, God, we pray for the Bell people, Lord. We pray, God, and we know that nothing can stand against you, Lord. Uh, we pray for the completion of Hebrews and Romans for the sake of your glory among the people, Lord. And we pray, God, that you would open their hearts already, Lord. We know that you are at work around the world. And we pray for more missionaries to come out of GBC, out of the hearers that are listening to this message this morning, Lord, that you would um, transform their lives, Lord. God, that they would give their lives over to you, God. And we, um, we pray for our congregation, Lord, and the global church to be able to use media in ways that would um, put you more on the map, Lord. We praise you and we worship you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Pastor Adam here. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in to Grace Bible Church, and I would love to hear what you thought of today's program or of ways that we can be praying for you and with you. So check us out on social media at GBCL. Also, if you would like to support our ministry, you can give securely at our website at www.gbclm.org. Now remember, God loves you, and so do we.